That, this is better. For if you were watching online, I made a joke. If you're good at lip reading, you, you know the joke. Um, <laughs> my, my mic died. Sorry about that. Um, that's on me, if anybody's wondering. I should have put it back on the charger. That was my mistake. Um, hey, like Pastor Brian said, my name is Andrew. I lead this location. I'm happy to be here with you this morning. And I'm especially happy if you're here and you're new. If you're new here, maybe, you know, you, you're checking out churches. I don't know how you found your way into this room. I'm glad you did. But I, I'm excited you're here because you're going you're gonna to hear uh, a big part of who we are as a church, a big part of our heart and what we believe that God has called us to as a church community. Uh, so I'm glad for you to be able to have the opportunity to do that. And I'm going to get this out of the way right at the beginning because this can be a little bit uncomfortable, especially if we wait to the end. So I have our amazing ushers here in the back of the room. They're going to just come through and pass some cards down um, to the different aisles. Um, just make sure that you get a card. And if for whatever reason... You know, there, you got skipped or there wasn't enough. Just put your hand up. We want to get you one of those cards. Uh, <clears throat> and really what this is all about, we'll, we'll, I'll explain it all in more detail in a second. But at Mount Hope, at this church, we ask the people who call this church home to give to three things. We ask you to give to the tithes and offerings that support the work of the ministry that happens here in this church community. We ask you to give to support the vision of the church with regards to how God is calling us and moving us to maybe grow and expand. And we ask you to regularly give in support of missions and global outreach. And at some point, I think it would be great for us to go into greater depth about the why and the how for those first two things, about why we give a tithes and offerings and why we give to support church vision, but what I really want to do today is go deeper into the giving toward missions and this focus on supporting God's work around the world. We ask people to give to this, and we're really not going to make any apologies about it because this is deeply in, entrenched in who we are and who God has called us to be as a church community. We give uh, financially it's, it's, it's a discipline for those of us who follow Jesus. If you follow Jesus, we have this belief that, that everything that we have belongs to God, that we are stewards of it. Maybe you've heard that word before, stewardship, and that we actually give back to support the ministry and the work that God is doing. So hold up these faith promise cards. Hopefully everybody got one. Just hold it up in the air. At the end, I'm just going to let you know where we're headed. Right? This isn't going to be one of those awful infomercials that you have to watch, you know, how long to try and get to the end. At the end, I'm going to invite you to participate, to join us in the mission of God across the world. And so as we go this morning, just, I, I, just be in prayer in your heart about how God might be calling you to engage and participate in this when we get to that point. But before we get there, what I want to do is sort of set us up. Because every month in October, we set aside time to focus on global outreach. We, ha we, we try, we do our best to bring in missionaries to speak, to uh, encourage us and share some, some messages and some testimonies about what God is doing around the world and to bring our focus back. Because when they're off in different countries, it can be 
sometimes out of sight, out of mind. And so we take this month to focus on it. And what I want to do is just say, to recap the last two weeks. Okay, maybe you just needed a reminder. Maybe you weren't able to join us for the last two weeks. Either way, that's all right. The first week, we had Reverend Selwyn Bodley here. He is uh, a part of our ministry network. And his, he has been spent time as a church planter, a church pastor. He has spent several years overseas as a missionary. And he came and he gave us this really really powerful message from John chapter 12, and he used a, a, a kernel of corn as an illustration. Hopefully you got a kernel of corn when you walked in. Everybody hold that up for a second. <laughs> you didn't lose it. They're really small. Take a, look, take a look at that kernel of corn. When Selwyn came, he reminded us that this, this kernel... It represents your life. And when we grow up, the kernel is a part of a cob, and it's got all these layers around it, this, these different layers of husk. And so it reminded us, this really powerful reminder, that we can spend our whole lives trying to stay nice and protected inside the husk, but the, the kernel doesn't do anything when it's in the husk. It's protected, but it's not productive. In the passage that he brought our attention to in John chapter 12, it says this. Jesus, speaking to his disciples, says, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat, Jesus says wheat, someone used corn, I think that's fair, falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. It multiplies. Selwyn challenged us. This was a strong challenge, and I think one that we really needed to hear. It's, it's that until we die to ourselves, sometimes the, the, the husk gets peeled away by God's doing, and that's a challenging and painful thing to walk through. But God is calling each of us, each of these little kernels, to fall to the ground die to self so that they can multiply life and impact in the kingdom. And the question that I walked away with that is, is what, with that message, and I, I don't know where, where, how you were feeling coming out of that, but what is it that I need to say no to? What is it that I need to die to in myself so that this kernel can die and multiply and produce life. It can go from being protected to productive. The next week, Reverend Greg Detweiler came this, this past Sunday. And he's here. He's right there in the back. Greg uh, gave us this awesome message about our smell. And nobody could stand up on here on this stage and challenge you about having a little bit of BO and it be as convicting and powerful and spiritually encouraging as Greg. And so I thank him for doing that. Maybe you got one of these stickers when you came in. Maybe you didn't even realize this is a, they're, they're little sniff stickers. Give, give it a little sniff. I don't know what kind, I got blueberry. This one's pretty good. But Greg came and he gave us a message from 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And he connected it to another place in scripture, Matthew chapter 25. 
And in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, I'm just, I just want to read it for you. This is what Paul says. He says, but thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. Greg gave us some really meaningful questions to consider about how we smell to the world and how we smell to God. And he, he went to that passage in Matthew 25 where Jesus separates the two groups of people. And one group of people, Jesus welcomes into the kingdom. And they're saying, you know, what did we do to earn this? And Jesus says, well, hey, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was lonely, you visited me. You provided for my needs when I was, when I was needy. And the whole group of people, they're like, Jesus, when did that happen? I have no idea what you're talking about. They didn't even understand. And Jesus says, whatever you did for the least of these children of mine, for the least of these, you did it for me. And it reminds us that, honestly, I, I think there's a little bit of irony there, that when we feed the hungry, when we sort of act in love and compassionate service for the least and the lost, probably working up a little bit of BO in the meantime, that is when we are the most pleasing aroma to God. And Greg invited us to sort of take a big, a big whiff because the people in Matthew 25 were surprised when they found out how they smelled. And that we ought to be people who engage in love, engage in compassionate service for the least and the lost. And in doing so, become the smell of life. It says, even, even to those around us, not just to God, but to those around us as well. And there is no possible way for me to come up with a better illustration or, you know, a, a cooler metaphor than either of those two messages, and so I'm not going to try. But what I can do is I can try and connect these messages that we heard from Selwyn and from Greg and try and connect them to Mount Hope and what we do and who we are in, in this mission that God has called us to. And where my heart goes and my mind goes is to the book of Acts. And in, in general, to the commissions that Jesus gives to his disciples before he leaves. There are four gospels, four stories of the life of Jesus. And then we have Acts, which is sort of like a sequel to Luke. And in each of these, at the end of the gospels and at the beginning of Acts, Jesus commissions his disciples. He says, this is the mission that God has entrusted me with. And now I am entrusting it to you. The mission that God has called me to is now the mission that God has called all of us to. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says this. He says, you will receive, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then he sort of drops the mic and just floats away into heaven 
It's a very dramatic exit. And I, I skipped this before, but it just came back to my mind. This is a really important thing to mention. So one of the things that Selwyn said that really stuck with me is the church, a.k.a. you, a.k.a. me, is God's plan A for building his kingdom, for accomplishing his mission, and there is no plan B. You are God's plan A in establishing his kingdom, and there is no plan B. The mission that Jesus calls us to is to be witnesses. In Matthew, it says, I want, Jesus says, I want you to go and make disciples everywhere. I want there to be disciples of every nation and tribe and people, every language of people worshiping and following Jesus. That's the mission that he has handed you to, handed to you. And at Mount Hope, we take that seriously, like really seriously. We want to be witnesses starting in Jerusalem. So that, that was the city that they were standing in, in Acts chapter 1, starting here and not stopping until it goes everywhere. Jesus says, I want you to be my witnesses. I want you to start here, and I don't want you to stop until it's everywhere. And so we do that. And, and when it comes to giving towards missions, the global church, the, well, let me just show you. These are how, how missions sort of give, um, globally, missions giving gets differentiated and how we try and give as a church. So globally, and these are average numbers, 4% of, of money that is given to missions goes towards uh, missionaries that are going to people groups that are largely or completely unreached with the gospel. People who have never heard the name of Jesus, never you know, encountered a Bible or even another Christian. And about 16% goes to formative places where Christianity is not the dominant religion, but there are still people there and they're sort of building momentum and working towards that. And then about 80% goes to places where Christianity is already pretty well established. At Mount Hope, we wanted to, to do something a little different. We look at places like Romans 15 where Paul says, I made it my mission to go where, where the gospel had not been preached yet. Paul wanted to go to people who had not heard it yet because he understood Jesus' Jesus' mission. If, if nobody goes to them, they'll never hear. If nobody goes to that tribe or that nation or that people, they'll never hear about Jesus. And so Paul made it his mission, and we make it our mission to go to those places. And so at Mount Hope, we make it our target, our effort to go to, to give 50% of our giving towards global outreach to unreached places, to missionaries that are going to unreached people groups, 30% to formative places, and 20% to establish places. I, I want to say quickly, because we'll, I'll show a map here in just a second. This is, um, this is about the, the financial support. So we, we support different partners at different levels, and we, we're almost close to this. I think our actuals are like 48 unreached. Like, they're really, really close. But it's, it's not in terms of number of partners. This is what I'm trying to say. It's not in terms of number of partners. It's in terms of the, the, the money that comes in and where it's going when we support those people. So if you call this church your home, you, you 
invited to participate in this. You, be, by being a part of Mount Hope, you are being a part of God's larger mission to spread the gospel and establish the kingdom across the world. And before I invite you to give, I just want to show you where we have been with this so far. Maybe you're new. Um, or, you know, I think for any of us, this is an important thing to see. So this is a graph of how our global outreach giving has changed over the last few years, the last five years. As you can see, 2023 was a huge jump from 2022. Our faith promises, the orange line, went up 40%, and our actual giving went up a whole 11%. Can we just take a moment and celebrate that? Can we just say, praise God? Over the past, because of this, because we had the same semi-uncomfortable conversation last year, and the giving that went through, uh, through those faith promise cards, we were able to add seven new global outreach partners. We were able to also sponsor projects in different countries across the world and um, even a missions trip to bring students to experience the missions context and what that is like. And oftentimes it is when a person goes and experiences that that they really start to understand, you know, that God might even be calling them to it. This is, this is in addition to all of the other partners that we have. As a church, as Mount Hope community, we support 49 global outreach partners all across the globe. You can see uh, the, the map there of all of the different groups and where they are. And I'll just say... With a sustained and even increased giving to global outreach for this year, for 2023-24, we, ha like, we have global outreach partners that are like waiting in the wings. I don't know if you know this, but do, does anybody, who, raise your hand if you know Chuon. Chuon is the man. He runs our global outreach ministry, and if you were to ask any of the partners, which there are a handful of them actually who come and attend this church, local partners, Chuon has a very robust process for sort of screening uh, people to become partners and working with them to make sure that their mission aligns with what we believe God has called us to as a church. And we have partners that, are, that have gone through that process and are waiting to be approved and our giving allows them to get to the mission field faster, and it allows them to stay in the mission field longer. These are people who have a heart for the mission, for, have a heart for people who don't know Jesus, and are willing to say yes, willing to go, and we have the opportunity to support them, to partner with them in that. We have three prospective partners right now that are like approved and pretty much almost ready to go once we can have the funding. One is a Chi Alpha group here at, uh, in the Boston area serving at Harvard. We have a partner who is going to Cambodia, and we have one running an orphanage in Liberia. These are the partners that we want to be supporting. We want to add. We don't want to have to take away support anywhere, but we want to add to be able to support them. And we also want to be able to increase the support 
for our missionaries because inflation hits all of us. <laughs> and we want to be able to help them with the increased cost of living. And so, with all that being said, you know, God calls us as the church to be a part of his mission. I just want to, I want to take a second and say, it's happening. Like, all of the, the missionaries in, uh, on that map, they could, if, if they could be here, they would have stories to tell you. But I want to highlight just a couple, and then I'll explain the faith promise card and give you guys a chance to respond. So Jesus, in that verse in Acts, he says, I want, you, I want you to start here in Jerusalem. I want you to go to Judea and Samaria. That's sort of like the region, the surrounding area. And then I want you to go to the ends of the earth. So I'm going to give you a story from one, each of those categories. Is that cool? Okay. The first story is from Jerusalem, a.k.a. Boston. Uh, and this is, this is actually from... Greg Detweiler, thank you very much, Greg, for sharing this with me. I asked him if he had a testimony that he could share. Greg is supported by our Mount, Mount Hope Global Outreach Giving, and the, the ministry that he's involved in is a ministry that reaches out to immigrants, especially uh, refugees, people who have come here because s something back home was not safe. They were, they were fleeing from some, some danger or, or some sort of unrest, and they're here, and they know nobody, and oftentimes they do not know the gospel, and they are been able to be met with the love of Jesus. And so I just want to read, read to you what Greg sent me. This is what he says. He says, we have been meeting with and encouraging local immigrant and refugee Christian leaders who are facilitating ministry work from here back to their homelands or other nations they have connections to. We have met with leaders originating from and doing work in Ethiopia, Malawi, Uganda, Nigeria, Kenya, Democrat, uh, the DR, uh, the Bahamas, Haiti, China, Sri Lanka, India, Vietnam, Peru. It is our honor to support these leaders in their work, to convene them, to learn from one another, and to document their work for others to facilitate conversations with them and others. This work is holistic, including things like leadership development, agriculture, disaster relief, community development, education, evangelism, church planting, and church development. We are also grateful, and this is, this is one that I was really excited to hear about. We are also grateful for the local church families who have opened up their homes to host refugees from Afghanistan, Ukraine, Haiti, and other places. As a result of the message last week, like this is, this is a testimony from the last seven days, someone from our community has opened up their space to house two refugee women that need a place to stay in the Boston area. And Greg said they're exploring to see if it's a good match. And if so, it's going to be a life-transforming experience for these women who will tangibly experience the love of God. So because we give as a community... To support global outreach, there are refugee women who are finding housing and encountering Christians who show them love. Here's a story from Judea and Samaria. This is from a partners, Rob and Sarah Malcolm. They are Chi Alpha partners at the University of Yale in New Haven. 
they shared a, an update. It says, a new school year has begun, and with it, the return of our weekly worship gathering. Chi Alpha Lie. It's a cool name. At the second meeting of the year, a new student approached Sarah and thanked her for her speech. This student is the friend of a student leader in Chi Alpha and does not attend church or have much understanding about Christianity. But after the service, she took a Bible and told her friend she was interested in studying the claims of Christianity. In the few short weeks that they've been on campus, they have similar stories of non-Christians proactively seeking out Christian community. It's amazing. A freshman student approached our table on campus and asked if there was a prerequisite required for joining one of our Bible studies. Until school began, we had never, or they had never been to a Christian service or participated in Christian community, but has been asking God, has been seeking God, excuse me, and wanted to learn more. Another leader asked for multiple Bibles because so many of the students in her Bible study had never owned or even read one. These new relationships remind us why we love what we do. We have the honor and privilege of being salt, light, and truth to Yale students, and we're grateful for your support in allowing us to undertake this beautiful mission. I'm going to say thank you. Both of those are amazing testimonies, and we have an actual, uh, actually a video from one of our global outreach partners who serves in the nation of Indonesia. And we're going to show that uh, in just a minute, but I want to explain this card before we get there. There's information on the front for you to put your name um, and, and some contact information. But what I really want to talk about is what this says on the back. There are a lot of options to participate in God's mission. There are a lot of ways that you can engage in that. Okay, so there's options for giving, for praying, for participating, for going. We have a team actually planning on going on a trip to Turkey uh, next year. And, and even in an other, there's a fill-in-the-blank option for you. Our hope, my hope, is that all of you will at least make a commitment to pray. One of our goals is that, it, it, I don't know if you recognize on that graph, but we are getting shockingly close to a quarter of a million dollars. I think it would be absolutely unbelievable. It would be like another, I think, 10 or 11% bump from the giving last year for our church, for our community, Mount Hope, to be able to give away a quarter of a million dollars to God's mission around the world. I think that would be amazing. My other goal, our other hope, is that we would be able to add 20 new prayer partner connections. When, when you agree to do that, what happens is you get a regular newsletter you can you you commit to a specific
encourage you to consider adding. Maybe you can pray for two partners this year. And I want you to consider if God is calling you to participate in some way. There are opportunities with the Emmanuel Gospel Center to engage with refugees here in the Boston area. Like I said, there's a trip being planned for Turkey next year. And, and we also, like I said, we're not going to make apologies because this is who we are as a church. We're going to ask you to give to support financially the mission that these missionaries and global outreach partners are fulfilling around the world. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up and just explain how this time is going to work. The, we're we're going to play the video, and I, as you listen to, his name is Don Buter. He's our, one of our partners in Indonesia. As you listen to him and his story, I want you to just be asking yourself, God, how are you calling me to participate? How are you calling me to engage in this mission? Because you have commissioned me. We already established, God, we are the plan for your kingdom to come. We are the plan for the kingdom of God to unfold. So how are you calling me to engage and participate in that? And while they play, I'm going to give you time to fill out the card. As the worship team plays, you can come fill out the card. When you're done with it, you can put it into these little buckets here on stage. There are a few of them across either side. And especially if you committed to pray, I would encourage you to, to take back to your seat with you a, a, a card for one of our missionaries. And even on that card right now, most of them will have some points that you can start to pray for right away. I know this is challenging. I mean, money can be an uncomfortable topic, but I'm asking you to make a sacrifice. I'm asking you to remember that you're a kernel of corn and that by dying to yourself, by acting out of, out of a love that puts other people first, that acts in compassionate service for the least and the lost. We become a blueberry-smelling sticker to, to God. We become a sweet aroma, and we, we participate in his mission. And so I'm asking you to make a sacrifice. How is God calling you to die to yourself and offer up a sweet aroma to him today? Let me pray, and then we'll watch this video. Jesus, I am grateful that you, when you commissioned your followers, you told us, you told them to wait. You told them to wait until you sent your spirit. The spirit was going to come, and it was going to empower this work that we, it was not wise for us to try and go about this on our own strength. And so, Holy Spirit, I invite you into this place. And, Lord, I, I, any open heart here this morning, I invite you, Holy Spirit, to come in power. Empower the work that you have called us to do. Empower the, the, the self-sacrificial love that you have called us to carry out both uh, with, our, with our prayers and with our actions and even financially. 
Holy Spirit, would you use these kernels They sometimes feel small. They sometimes feel insignificant. But Lord, with a single one, you can multiply. You can, you can multiply. God, you, you are so faithful. And so, Lord, would you, uh, would you empower us? Would you give us this, this picture of, of your hope, of your goal, which is also our goal, to see people following Jesus in every nation and every tribe and every group and every tongue and language. It's so many more than the languages that we just sang of. Lord, we submit this time to you. Holy Spirit, would you lead us and would you guide us? We pray this in Jesus' name.